Welcome to the Five Star Life Show, your home for content related to education, parenting, and changing wrong mindsets so you can live a five-star life. I'm your host, Coach Seth. Let's do this. Welcome to the Five Star Life Show. I'm your host, Coach Seth, and I'm joined in studio with my co-host, Coach Mia. Welcome back. Thank you. And our producer, Brandon. He has no mic today, so but he is here. But we have a special guest today. And this guest is someone who has truly changed my life. Um, And I'm a little nervous uh, to have him on today, but I'm also so excited for you to hear his story. Uh, Phil Roberts is a nutrition coach and a fitness trainer. And I met you... Almost two two years years ago, ago. yeah. Uh, I felt like I needed a change in my life, and I think you were booked at first. You had great reviews, and I couldn't get into him. Uh, And then something opened up, and I started with Phil. And I'm telling you, you are amazing because you you truly you're you're like a life coach too. I always tell everybody that Uh, you really inspire me, and uh, just truly have changed my life. But it's also your values just. Mix with our five star values. Uh, you have an incredible story. You were in the military. You and your wife were in the military, um, and you just bring a great uh, complement to what we're teaching this season. Our our theme is breakthrough, and it, that we're teaching on discipline. So I asked uh, Coach Seth and Coach Brandon said, "Can we, I bring on Phil because he's going to add to this?" So welcome. Discipline. I love it. Yeah. Glad to hear, Mia. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. So tell us what I and I'm sorry I don't remember. It's talk about the military. Mm-hmm. So I was uh, I was in Fort Benning, Georgia. I was in the military. <laughs> we just talked a little bit we about just it. talked about Georgia. It's Your warm. favorite place ever, <laughs> right? It's warm down there. I was uh, infantry. Okay. And uh, after that, I got shipped to Hawaii, which was a lot better than Georgia. So really enjoyed my time there. And I I only signed up for three years in the military. So okay. Unlike my wife, my wife signed up for twenty. I didn't have that kind of patience. So. And did she serve for 20? She did. She wow. actually did. She went in at 18 and retired at 38. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, she's extremely strong, and uh, I'm very proud of her. She's amazing. Good. Well, thank you for serving and uh, your no wife. No problem. No problem. Yeah. So how did you get into fitness? So I got into fitness. I was, uh, I was bounced around to different boys' schools and stuff like that when I was younger, and I was my self-worth at that age was just horrible. I, I didn't really have a father growing up. My grandmother primarily raised me. So I remember going to, uh, I was in Fort Wayne and I was in a, in a group home in Goshen as well. And I had staff members that took me downstairs and we would work out. And they were like, wow, for this tiny little guy, you're so strong. I can't believe that. And I'm like, well, I'm good at something. Wow. So to actually hear somebody say that to me, mm-hmm. it, I didn't realize it then because I was young and confused. And, but it had a huge impact on me. It made me feel good. And it, uh, it helped with all the aggression and, and, and misconstrued feelings I had at the time. So, How old were you? I was 11 or 12 when I first went to a, a group home. That was in Fort Wayne. And then the one in Goshen I went to, I was probably 14 or 15. So. What started that? I know we kind of talked about it. You mm-hmm. said you were angry. and I was crazy angry growing up. So my mother had me at a young age, 14, 15. 
Um, her and I don't talk about a whole lot of that kind of stuff, so I get everything from my grandmother, who's she's not with us anymore, but amazing woman. To have her raise me was mm-hmm. the biggest blessing ever. But uh, about 10 or 11 years old, I started making bad choices, hanging out with kids that were making less than optimal choices, not blaming them because I made them choices, of course. So uh, I ended up stealing some, something from a convenience store and got put on probation. And at the time, I had the biggest authority problem of anybody I've ever known. Like, if you said go left, I'm like, no, no, I'm going right. <laughs> so uh, ended up skipping school, got, in, got into drinking and alcohol, drugs, and got put on probation. And they would ship me to a boys' school or a group home, and I would run away from there because I didn't want to be there. Mm-hmm. And it just went downhill from there. I ended up getting sent to Indiana Boys' School. I was... I was 15 years old. It was actually parole, not probation. I was in the Indiana Department of Corrections. So right next to where I was at was the place Mike Tyson was at. It was called IYC. And once you get to that place, your chances of living a normal life is pretty much slim to none. Seven out of ten ended up going to adult prison. Mm. So that was uh, terrifying for me. Terrifying for me. Did that experience change you? It, it did change me. What really changed me is... I had a conversation with a staff member there at Indiana Boys School, and he said, I don't feel like this place is going to help you. I think it's going to make you worse. Because I was in there with kids that had shot people and kids that had armed robbery and grand theft auto, and I ran away from home and I stole from a convenience store. So they put me into a group home called Rockville Training Center, and it was really, really focused on rehabilitation. It was amazing. And the cool thing about that place was um, it was ran by, you know, you were assigned to a group. There's mm-hmm. like 10, 10 guys in a group. And your group decided everything about your stay, whether you go home. Um, it taught me the importance of the circle. It taught me the importance of communication, getting along. It was the first, you know, the first, first big step in my rehabilitation. And that program is no longer around, which is unfortunate. Mm. Wow. Phil, you talked about anger. You said you're just crazy anger mm-hmm. and you just had this major issue with authority. Sure. What do you think that was rooted in? That's a good question. Uh, the anger thing, I know exactly where that came from. Um, I was young and I, I thought my father was this guy named George Roberts, which was a Marine. And uh, I was, I carried around this picture forever and I was going to be a Marine. That was going to be my thing. And I remember looking in my baby book and father was not George Roberts. It was a different name. And I didn't find that out until I was 14. So I asked my grandmother about it, and she's like, you'll have to talk to so-and-so. And I lost my mind after that. Mm. I mean, I remember I tear, tore up the house. I was, I was violent. I was angry. And that was the beginning of the, the downside for sure. Mm. So, I mean, there's so much research that talks about how, how you know, a father's influence shapes the identity mm-hmm. of young men, young women. Absolutely. Both. And so you're trying to wrap your mind around who you are, mm-hmm. knowing that your dad's a Marine. And then right. when that whole thing gets rocked, it just, it's amazing how it impacts us. And I, I always talk to people about this, like p- before you judge someone, um, get to know maybe their story, get to, get, get to understand what's going on in their world before you just say, well, that's an angry kid. Somebody needs to do something about that. Exactly. There's always a reason. Exactly. So, so you, you went through this whole process of being angry. When, when did you meet adults that actually 
listened and understood maybe some of the symptoms mm-hmm. and could point start to help point you in the right direction to dealing with the core issues. Right. Uh, I think I was at Rockville Training Center. That was the place that I yeah. said that made a really big difference yeah. to me. And uh, we had counseling every night. It was very, very, I mean, it was focused on rehabilitation, counseling constantly, two or three times a day sometimes. And uh, there was a staff member there. who's a counselor. His name was Jeremy Sykes. And I think I told Mia this story. Um, he really understood what we were going through. And he listened. He was more of a, a buddy than a counselor. And for somebody like me, he was smart enough not to say, you need to comply. You need to do this. You need to do this. Because if he said that, I would not have listened. And this guy actually told me, he said, look, Roberts, you have such an authority issue. Why don't you just fake it and just act like you're complying, get through this, and then in six months you can go home. And I'm like, really? So I'm like, all right, I, I can fake it. I can do that. And four months into faking it, I did it so long, I didn't know who I was anymore. And he went and, you know, went in, went in the back door, was, you know, outsmarted me. But looking back on that now, that's one of the biggest male influences I had in my life right there. That's crazy. So that's not the first time I've heard a story like that. Really? It's so interesting that when, you know, it's crazy how the brain works. But when you just try something, I'm going to fake this. We're all acting. We're either acting out of our core or acting based on something we want to become. Sure. But it's amazing how your your brain starts to get confused. And and Mm -hmm. when you start to see results, it, it latches onto it. Uh, incredible. Uh, I know we have a minute before our break, mm-hmm. but uh, so, so that whole experience changed your life. For sure. And you said you were 15-ish somewhere I was 15, in there? 15, 16. Yeah, 15, yeah. 16. How long were you in? I was in that place, Rockville Training Center, until I was about 17. Okay. So you spent a lot of time there. Mm-hmm. And then when did you, is that what helped you decide military? How did you make that so decision? So I, I got out of Rockville and uh, we got, my brother and I got involved in martial arts and I got crazy obsessed with fitness. Um, that was my dopamine. That was my serotonin. So I worked out six days a week. My brother and I did martial arts tournaments. We traveled all over the place. Um, and he still owns a gym up in Michigan, actually. He just got his black belt under Pedro Sauer. Really proud of him for that. So yeah, it was pretty cool. That After that, I decided, you know what? And I changed my circle. I changed the people that I was around. Because every time I went back to that circle, I just, whatever they did, I did. And I'm not mm-hmm. blaming them at all because, you know, it's not the case, but I find a, found a different circle and people were doing amazing stuff. And I'm like, oh, I want to do that. I want to do that too. I want to be like that. So. I want to unpack more of that after the break here. We're going to take a quick commercial break. Go to fivestarlife.org to learn more. Did you know that you can bring the values, lessons, and mindsets Coach Seth discusses on the Five Star Life podcast to your local community? Schools are searching for programs and content that work. Just a simple introduction to your teacher or principal could be a game changer in your community. Inquire at fivestarlife.org and someone from our team will be in touch. Welcome back to the Five Star Life Show. I'm your host, Coach Seth, and I'm joined in studio with Coach Mia. Thank you, Seth, and with our special guest, Phil Roberts. Thank you, Phil, for being here. Glad to be here. Glad to be here. So, Phil, it's it's great having you on the program. And, you know, our our theme this year we're teaching kids is is about breakthrough. Mm -hmm. And... You know, growing up, n- no dad, um, you know, being raised by your grandmother, having that ang- anger, um, and then being sent away and having this this breakthrough moment where you start to realize a, a little bit of what you like, what you're good at. Mm-hmm. You said you're in a group home and just one person said, man, you're really strong. 
for being a right. small kid. Like, like it's amazing the little things that can cause a breakthrough. Exactly. And, and, and the fact that you latched onto it and then ran with it. So you went from uh, b- being uh, in that in that incarcerated situation, or it, it was a rehabilitative model, which is sure. powerful. But then you went and you got into martial arts. Mm-hmm. Um, why martial arts? Why was that? Mm. Was that something you were introduced to in the home or? Not in the home, no. I mean, I grew up watching uh, Kung Fu theater on, on Sundays and, you know, all that. Just fell in love with Bruce Lee. He was my idol growing up. So I was obsessed. And once I got out, I think my, my parents, actually, my mom actually was like, hey, if you take your brother to martial arts, we'll pay for it. So... We started doing Taekwondo at the time over in uh, Constantine and fell in love with that. It was amazing. What what did Taekwondo uh, teach you? It it taught me a lot. Um, Taekwondo is an amazing art. It's it's more for discipline. I mean, at the time, I thought it was more for self-defense, and then the UFC came out, and then I realized it's it's really not all that effective anymore. (laughs) I hope I'm not making any Taekwondo people mad out there. But... uh, just the structure and the discipline. I mean, um, our instructor, you know, you, you're going to bow. You're going to bow before you enter the room, before you leave. It's yes, ma'am. It's I, I like that structure. I was so used to that growing up that I ended up craving structure and routine. So, mm. Mm. Incredible. So, so Taekwondo becomes a foundation in your working out as well. Yes, correct. Fit, fitness. Talk about how did you learn about fitness? Mm-hmm. Do you have coaches? Do you have trainers? Or do you just not really? I just kind of fumbled my way through it, five hundred injuries at a time, and <laughs> I was always getting hurt. Um, a lot of ego back then. You know, you're young. I just want to lift more weights, and you don't care how how you lift the weight. You just lift the weight. So that's why I'm pretty hard on my clients now about okay, fix this, fix this, fix that. So I just kind of fumbled my way through it, man, and got hurt a lot, and uh, still have a lot of injuries because of it, but. I'm getting smarter as I get older, so that's a good thing. So. Yeah, I think that was generational. I think oh. everybody's into weights and just kind yep. of throwing you know heavy weight around. And, exactly. And then you have injuries, and it's just it's so sad, just the lack of knowledge or teaching. Sure. By instructors. Hundred um, percent. So so how then? I mean, obviously you fell in love with fitness at a young age, so mm-hmm. you're addicted to it. Right. But when did you realize this could be like a career? I could make money doing this. So I had a. Uh, had a couple guys that would want to shadow me in the gym. And what are you eating? What are you doing? What are you doing? Can I work out with you? Can I work out with you? So I had one friend, great friend, and uh, his name was James. Hope he's listening, actually. That'd be pretty cool. But uh, we started working out together. He was always, you know, whatever you're doing, I'm doing. Whatever you're doing, I'm doing. And I'm like, wow. People are actually wanting to do something that I'm doing. Um, I think my brother actually... Once he started talking about opening up a gym is when I started realizing, hey, you know what? This could be a career. Mm-hmm. So I, I did a lot of training up there at his gym as well as you know, personal training and stuff there. So. so I'm guessing people were asking if they could train with you because you were shredded. Yeah. Because you look yeah. pretty shredded right, right, right now yeah. at, at your age. So if you go back 20 plus years ago. I didn't have a neck back then. It was ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> it was ridiculous. I mean, it, was, it was all about how much can I lift. And I actually realized a lot then too about my fitness level because – I could bench 400 plus pounds, but I couldn't walk up a flight of stairs. Mm. So I gave the illusion that I was really fit, but all I was was strong. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot more to fitness than just being able to bench press, you know, the male ego. And that's all I cared about at the time. So yeah, it's pretty interesting. 
You're very, you know, Phil, even with your story, you're so self-aware, it, it, you know, even with like your anger, you, you weren't so angry that you didn't listen and see what people were trying to give to you. Um, and even like with fitness, there's so many people that they don't get the whole picture. Exactly. You know, they only care about what they, everybody sees. So I find that very intriguing about you that you were able to, at a young age, like kind of bring it all together. Mm-hmm. And then what, what. Do you attribute that to anything or? Honestly, I just went by how I felt. Yeah. I mean, at a young age when I did something and especially working out, I got that, that serotonin rush, that dopamine and that fought, that fought the self-esteem issues, the self-worth mm-hmm. issues. And it made me feel good until that next workout. I mean, it was an, it was a drug I got addicted to and a good choice of drugs that I got addicted to. So. But the fact that you also knew that that's, that wasn't sustainable just to, you know what I mean? Like you had to back it up with nutrition and like yeah, there was this yeah. other side. Well, I mean, I learned a lot going along just from, like I said, just busting myself up. Yeah. And, you know, lifting too much, blowing my shoulder out, hurting this, hurting that. Um, I, I did do a lot of, you know, continued education certifications and CrossFit and all that kind of stuff. But what I'm doing now is I put everything together that I've learned over 30 years and incorporate all aspects of fitness, not just, not just the male ego, so to speak. <laughs> Good. So, did, was there a point when you started to realize, okay, this this is what I want to do? Where you started to develop kind of a a vision for who you wanted to be or what you could do with this, or was was it little incremental steps, or did you have because some people literally it's just one step at a time right. and, and then a vision starts to unfold at some point of what this could be for sure did, did you go through that process so I, I went through like personal training was it was something i never wanted to really have a, as i wanted to have it as a career but i didn't know how to make it happen honestly no scratch that i was scared to make it happen mm-hmm. because i was doing construction i was working in the rv industry i made crazy good money as a young kid and i'm like you want me to give all this up to take a chance on something that's not probably going to work so I always, you know, the training thing was always on the back burner. And my wife was the one that's like, you are amazing at this. I mean, she really got on me, like basically called me out and said, you need to stop being afraid, give up all these other jobs, do this 100%, just dive into this. This is who you are. So that took her doing that to actually get me to say, you know what, this is who I am full time. I'm not going not gonna to do it as a part time, you know, fun thing anymore. So, so the vision was there. Yeah. You, had, you had the oh, vision. Yeah, for sure. You had the desire. For sure. It was the it was the belief that you could do it. Exactly, exactly. And, and it was your wife that that kind of catapulted you to 100%. follow and say, "No, you you can do this." Yeah, for sure. See, that's beautiful. Um, and there's so few, like so many people don't have that one person in their life, or if they do, they don't believe them. Right. Like, right. Oh, you, just just because you're my spouse, you have to say that. About, you, like we make excuses. To, you have to be supportive. Yeah. 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 Um, so, so something about her really. Mm-hmm. brought out that desire to say, I'm going to do this. And when you made the decision to go for it, wh- how did you launch that? Basically, I stopped thinking so much about it and planning it so much and just jumped into it 100%. So I, I have an overthinking, overanalytical mind, and I would have thought myself to death and never accomplished anything. So like Nike says, I just did it. Just do it. Um, Stop planning it. Just make it happen. So. So, so you had the vision. You're planning it. Mm-hmm. But it's time to do it. Right. Time to take action. Right. Exactly. What was your first action? Basically, I, uh, I put a, you ever heard of Thumbtack? It's like an Angie's List kind of thing. So I put a profile out there, that personal trainer, and I'm taking clients, and I started getting calls right away. 
actually got calls right away and I didn't even have a gym to train people in. I was like, okay, now we gotta figure out where I can. <laughs> so maybe I should have thought, thought about that a little bit more. It was kind of scary at the time. So yeah, so we'd meet in parks and stuff like that. And, and something I learned over the years about being a trainer is it used to be about the money. It was, at the first it was like, just pay me, just pay mm -hmm. me. And now it's about the connection with the clients. You know, I, I generally care about my clients and that's the biggest thing. It's not, I want them to come to me and say, because of you, I can do this now. Because of you, I can do this now. I couldn't do this before. This is amazing. That's the best part. It's that connection with the people. Yeah, and that, I've heard Mia say that same thing. She talks about you all the time, which is, it's unusual for people to talk about the trainer, unless you have a really great trainer, right? Awesome. Thank um, you. Yeah. So, so that's, kudos to you, Phil. Um, and we tell kids this all the time. It, you've got to develop a vision of something that's so big and exciting that it motivates you to move toward it. Mm -hmm. And also, this is hard for tough, like this is tough for kids to grasp. Um, as adults, we get this. The, the, the biggest treasure in life is people. Absolutely. So, so like at first you're thinking about the money, the cars, the house, the lifestyle. But at the end of the day, what brings fulfillment is when you serve someone, help somebody. There's nothing like that. And, and they talk about dopamine. Absolutely. Hit. That, that's what gets you up in the morning long term mm -hmm. which is so cool all right we got to take another break we'll come back right after this five star life is a not-for-profit organization dedicated to changing the face of culture by changing kids mindsets since 2005 we've impacted hundreds of thousands of lives thanks to the generous support of individuals small businesses corporations and foundations are you interested in helping five star life grow into all 50 states with your donation or introduction you can help bring Five Star Life to your community, school, and state. Go to fivestarlife.org and send us an email today. That's F-I-V-E-S-T-A-R-L-I-F-E dot O-R-G. Welcome back to the Five Star Life Show. I'm your host, Coach Seth, and I'm joined in studio with Coach Mia. Thank you, Seth. And of course, we have our special guest, Phil, who is a uh, fitness coach and personal trainer. And what a story. Um, one of my favorite things in life is just talking to people and hearing their stories. And, you know, it's so interesting because you pass by so many people every day and you never know where they've been, where they're going and, and the value they can add to your life. And it's, I was just having this conversation last night with a group of uh, parents. Um, and my challenge to them was, um, this week, make sure you show interest in the people you pass by. Mm. Just for one week, that's good. And we use that quote. I'm not sure if you've heard the quote: "The most interesting person in the room is the most interested person in the room." Mm. Nice. And it, it, but like, are you interested in people? Because if you're not, you're going to miss out on the beauty of people. Sure. There's so and so. Thank you for taking time to come in and share a little bit of your story. Um, so, fitness coach, uh, grew up with your grandma. I'm just recapping for people that just tuned in. Mm -hmm. um, grew up with grandma, had crazy anger issues, uh, went to this uh, rehabilitative uh, juvenile facility that really was was your place of breakthrough. It was the beginning of Absolutely. your breakthrough. Yep. And then you just rode that mm -hmm. for the last 35 years. Sure. Incredible. So, so we were talking in the last segment about Kind of, kind of your vision in that you you had this desire to to be in fitness and to make money to make a living doing it, but you're making so much money in a factory, exactly that's hard to turn down, and so you're sacrificing 
your vision, your dream, your passion for money, which is what so many people do today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. Right? And it's because we, we don't believe ourselves in ourselves or we have some kind of fear. Uh, and it was your wife that, again, we're talking about breakthrough. Your wife was the one that really helped you to kind of break through and say, you got to do this. Right. Um, spouses out there listening, um, I mean, just, just think about this. If you didn't marry the person you married, if they would have lived in fear, if they would have had a fear-based relationship with you or with themselves, because let's face it, even research talks about women are often more tend to just think about safety and security. Sure. So the fact that she was like, I'm disregarding my own safety and security that you're bringing home a consistent paycheck. You got to go for this. Right. That speaks volumes about her. And again, so many spouses listening. Are you aware of, of your spouse's dreams? Good question. Of their vision, of their potential. And what are you doing to bring that out? Um, what, what a beautiful thing. Thank you. I mean, you guys met, how'd you meet? So we met at the uh, martial arts studio. Uh, I think it was 30 years ago now. And uh, her family, the whole family came there. It was mom, dad, uh, two brothers and a sister. And they were some of my first students back then. So it's pretty, it was pretty cool. I was actually uh, crazy about my wife back then, but her mom just gave me this look every time I talked to her. <laughs> and I was like, I am not messing with her mom. So, so she went away to the Air Force and... Uh, it was about two years before she got out. We started talking on Facebook, of course, and the rest is, you know, history. It's amazing. She ended wow. up moving back here, which her family liked that, liked me for that, because she came back to this area. So, yeah. okay. How long have you been married? Uh, nine years now. Nine years. Okay. Very cool. Wait a minute. Eight years. Sorry. I'm in trouble. <laughs> I'm in trouble. Gonna be nine. Mm-hmm. You caught it. You caught it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Fact that you caught it. That's good. So, so. Uh, what would you say to people out there who um, kind of between uh, segments, you mentioned that, you know, trying to train kids now today, it's different. It is. Um, What's different? So, so for me back then, I was extremely hyperactive and I still am now. So I always want to be doing something to have me sit down for two hours at night is impossible. I'm either full steam ahead or I'm asleep. There's no like happy medium. (laughs) And I don't think kids like, Kids are not like that anymore. It's just they want to sit down. They want to be on their phone. And that is their, that's their relaxed, happy spot. So as a parent, that's our job right there. We have to start getting control of that because our kids' health is definitely going to suffer. If it's not now a guarantee in 10 years of that sedentary behavior, it's going to catch up with them. Mm-hmm. I'm really, really worried about that, actually. Yeah, it's a, it's a big, it's a major problem. Um, and it's a great time just to mention this to all the parents out there. Um you know, school is uh, about out for the summer, and this is a great time. So me and my wife were just having this conversation over the last couple of weeks about what our plan is for technology for our kids. Sure. And we have kids that are teenagers, so they're older. And some parents are like, well, isn't that like micromanaging, kind of controlling your kids? It's like, well, they're under our roof. Mm-hmm. And so what we don't want, and we have this conversation all the time, we don't want you to become what you make fun of other people for being. And my kids mm-hmm. will say, oh, that person's an NPC, which in the gaming world, an NPC is a non-player character. Uh, There's these characters in the game that aren't really in the game. Mm-hmm. They're just these bots. And like, by the way, the more time you spend on technology, I promise you, and I've been saying this for five years, like there's going to be research that comes out that proves 
all the screen time is actually removing creativity, motivation, engagement, uh, is creating loneliness. And so now you're starting to see these studies that come out that are proving just that. Mm -hmm. It removes your creativity. It show, it, it, it kind of dictates what your, it tells you what your vision should be. Be this, be that, try this, try that. Mm -hmm. It's like, man, go out there and live. How, how do you sure. help? How do you help parents and kids that are struggling with motivation? Good question. So, as a trainer, motivation is like a trigger word for me. Um, motivation is good for two weeks in January. So it gets you started, and in two weeks, you sell all the equipment that you bought on Facebook Marketplace. <laughs> and once again, you just say, "I wasn't motivated enough." Motivation is, like I said, it's good for two weeks. So, within that short motivation period, you have to set up steps. That's going to keep you committed and disciplined. Um, you have to think about why you want it and make small habit changes over time. Because most people, they go all in. I want to work out six days a week. I'm motivated. And on, on the 30th day, they look in the mirror and they're not quite ready for Sports Illustrated yet and they give up. So it's a, it's a long, long process. Fitness is a forever game. So commitment and discipline is the way to go. Motivation is worthless in my opinion. Mm. You talked about the dopamine hit you got from working out. Mm -hmm. That was a part of what motivated you, how you felt. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. Um, so, so with kids, getting them to be motivated in general is a challenge mm -hmm. because these phones, I'm holding up my phone if you're watching this, it, the, these phones basically, um, it, it's all based on psychology where it's a dopamine hit every time you swipe right. Right. So you're competing with that. Um, when you think about people's fitness goals, um, how, do you, is that part of what you, I'm assuming as a fitness trainer, you're sitting down and helping them create a vision for what they want. Realistic and then, fitness And then you're really goals, yeah. hitting steps, the steps mm -hmm. you talked about exactly. that are the core. Mm -hmm. Exactly. What does that look like for people? It's, it's different for everybody. Um, I remember Mia came in and she wanted to, hope this isn't too personal. No, it's fine. <laughs> she wanted to be able to not struggle when she put a, a bag in an overhead bin. So she, that kind of goal to me, I like, because it's realistic. It wasn't like I want to be shredded and walk around looking all jacked. It was a very realistic, I want my life to be better because of this or this. Um, fitness relates to me. It used to be about the ego. We've talked about that. But now it's you should be able to get up off a couch when you're 80 or 90 or get off a toilet when you're 80 or 90. That's what long-term fitness is. And that's, I've evolved over the years. It used to be, you know, about look, about look at my biceps, but now it's like the long game. You know, I want to play with my grandkids out in the yard. Like my grandpa can still run and throw a football. It's amazing. So yeah, for sure. Those are awesome goals. I love it. Practical. They are. And I think that's what I appreciate about you and that you're always just uh, aware of that. And reminding me of that. And as you get older, you have to start thinking about those things. Absolutely. And I mean, I, I still have injuries, but I had a lot of injuries. And I realized the other day, I was like, you know what? I don't feel this anymore. And it's like, oh, because my legs are stronger. You know, I've done things to help. Now, I, I know I can do more. But um, so that's I do love you about that. I love that about you. So we got about 30 seconds. What is that holds people back from the consistent steps or the from taking action? consistently from taking action what holds them back is overthinking they want to come up with the perfect workout plan the perfect nutrition plan the perfect everything and then when everything's perfect i'm going to start on this day perfect never happens and that day never happens so motivation like i said it's not good for anything if you don't have the small action steps set up 
And if you want a small action step, instead of coming up with this perfect workout plan, I'm going to walk 5,000 steps tomorrow. There's your plan. Make it happen. Yep. And that's powerful. I'm a big believer in working out. And I always feel like, I don't necessarily always want to go work out. Sure. But I always feel better afterwards. Yes. It's almost like the motivation follows. Yes. It's, it's kind of weird. It's backwards, yeah. All right, we got to take one more break. Five Star Life offers year-round programs for kids at our 350-acre training facility that we call Summit. These programs focus on three core components. First, each program includes lessons from our curriculum that targets kids' mindset. Secondly, Each program teaches a skill like equine, archery, blacksmithing, basketball, fishing, boating, and many more. Thirdly, our programs connect kids to mentors we call coaches who are trained to help kids live a five-star life. Go to fivestarlife.org to learn more or sign up your kids. Welcome back to the Five Star Life Show. I'm your host, Coach Seth, and I'm in studio with my co-host, Coach Mia. Thank you. And our special guest, uh, Phil Roberts, who is a fitness coach and personal trainer. Um, what an incredible story um, you've had. And, you know, I, I want to have some have the last segment, just just break down a little more the, the incredible transformation. So many people, I've talked to people who have, not, not many people believe this way, but I've met people that have said like, Seth, it's nice what you're doing with Five Star, um, but... Um, you know, people are born to situations, their DNA is mm. set, their destiny is fixed, nothing they can do to change. Like, I don't believe people can be changed. I think you, like the cards that you're given, that's that's what you're dealt, you can't change anything. And I just, I, I don't even know what to tell people like that, except to say, you should get out more, and you should read a little more, because that's clearly not even, it's not scientific, it's not mm. even, even if it's just anecdotal, look at so many people's exactly. lives. Like, I think that's the story people tell themselves to not have to think about others mm. or help others. I think that's what I've concluded. I think that's the way that you're off the hook. Sure. Why should I support Five Star, support this? Or why should I give my time? It's not going to help anything. I'm off the hook. But what a sad way to live. So your, your story, if you could boil, boil down kind of where you started to where you ended, what are some of the, the, the things that went into your breakthrough, your transformation? So I remember at Rockville, uh, the place that really helped me out and, and changed me, it became all about accountability and choices. And I remember there's a quote, I'm, I'm, I have no idea who said it, but the quote was, you are always one choice away from a completely different life. Mm-hmm. And they were big on that back then. They pushed, no, you're, you're messing yourself up. You don't have to do what them kids are doing. Stop blaming your environment. Um, and, and that's true. I mean, I didn't want to hear it half the time when they said it back then. But now as an adult, looking back, you are 100% of, you are 100% the environment that you chose to stay and be in. You are. And, and that's so, I, we preach and teach the same things to kids because, you know, there's nothing more powerful than the moment you realize you don't have to be a victim. Of your exactly. circumstances. Well said. Where, where you you realize, like, I, I'm the captain of my ship. I'm in, I'm actually powerful. I get, I get to choose my attitude, my actions, my habits, my health. Like, I, that, that, that is the day of, of breakthrough for so many when they realize, like, we get to choose. Exactly. It, unless you don't know, like, the steps to take to, to create the life. Mm-hmm. And so the accountability was big for you. It was huge. That, that was huge. And, and and what made it 
what allowed you to all of a sudden go from not receiving any accountability, hating authority, to wrapping your mind around the fact that, man, I, the accountability is, is what I need? Mm-hmm. I think it was just seeing the results of it. Mm-hmm. Like I went, I remember going four or five months, and I'm like, I, have, I don't remember the last time I was mad, started throwing stuff and punching walls and acting ridiculous, to you know, not carrying around that guilt is basically, while I'm getting good results, what I'm doing is working. Why, why would I want to change that? So I mean, that, was, that was huge for me. Mm-hmm. And actually feeling good about, you know, you carry around so much guilt in life that for the choices you made from your past, that, that keeps a lot of people in that past because they can't get over that guilt. They always carry it around with them. They're always dwelling on it, and they can't move forward until they let that go. Mm-hmm. That's very powerful because so often people around uh, on, the, on the periphery tend to think and, and see only the actions and address the actions mm-hmm. and not address like the thing that's probably going to compel you to change or me to change is what we're dealing with in our mind and in our heart, like the emotional side of it. That's mm-hmm. what we want to see change. The guilt, the shame, the all that stuff, letting go of that is so powerful. So accountability is big. What else was key to your to, to you breaking through and in, in, in being at the level you're at now? So the, the self-worth thing I always struggled with, and I was hanging out with people that whatever they did, I did because they accepted me and nobody else did. So once I got out of Rockville, I started going to martial arts and I completely different circle of people. And they wanted to train, they wanted to eat better, they wanted to do well in tournaments, and I became that because I wasn't in that same environment before making bad choices. So it was a completely different, and I fell in love with that. I mean, I absolutely fell in love with that. So We tell kids, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. That's 100% fact. Yep. And so friends before Rockville, wrong crowd. Yeah. Oh, man, yeah. Yeah, it was terrible. Negative influences. Absolutely. How did you go? How did you go from bad environment to controlled environment mm-hmm. to then latching on to when I go back to the same environment? I mean, I'm guessing some of the same people were still there. Um, not really. I I avoided a lot of them people. I, so, so you were intentional. Yes. You're like yes. when I go back, yeah. I'm not going back. Yes. I can't be around them people. I've tried that before, and that's the that's why it was one boy school after another because I'm like I'm gonna get out. I'm gonna do better. But as soon as I got out, I went back to the same group of people and I made the same choices that they were making. So once I started getting into martial arts after Rockville, I changed my group completely. And it's changed, as a matter of fact, it's changed many times over life. I mean, I like to surround myself with people that are business-minded and growth-minded now. So it's, it's going to be an evolution that's probably still happening when I'm 80 years old. So I love it. I do too. And, and people go their whole lives and, and don't get that, mm-hmm. you know, and they're just stay in the same environment. And so I love it. So we work with tens of thousands of kids and there are so many kids that are either incarcerated in a group home or in a classroom right now. What would you say? And then they're struggling with some of the same things you struggle with. Mm -hmm. What would be, if you could sit with them and and counsel them and talk to them, they have no self-worth. They maybe have anger or anxiety or depression, what would you say to them? Good question. I think for me, and what I would say to them is you have to push back against the voices in your head. Because when you grow up in that kind of environment, self-worth and self-esteem, you're not having many good thoughts. 90% of what them kids are probably thinking is bad. So I would tell them, you don't just go with the river. You have to push back against it. 
You know, if you have two negative thoughts in your head, you need to come up with four positive. So you have to push back. You can't just say, I am who I am. If you want to get better, you can get better, but it's going to take an effort. I mean, you can change the way you think, but it's a process. So I have clients, if I have a client comes in that I can't do this and I don't like this, you know, I'm like, all right, you need to give me two things positive now because all I've heard today is negative. So tell me two things positive. And if you repeat that long enough, you actually start to have more bad thoughts, more good thoughts than bad thoughts. Sorry. You know, they, they can change, but they have to realize it's going to take effort and they have to push back and make an effort to do so. Well said. <clears throat> there, there is um, something so exciting when we tap into um, our own thinking and we're aware of our thoughts. And like you're talking about stuff that's, I mean, those are foundational core pieces of your success, mm-hmm. getting to your identity, getting to your self-worth. And so few people actually do the work to get there because if I can just stay busy and keep the noise going, maybe it won't catch up to me, but it always does. Right. right. Um, and, and so the fact that you've totally changed, like you, you can't even recognize the person you were. And that's the fun part of life. Yeah. I say the same about myself. Like, man, I'm so different than the person we were talking between um, segments. You know, me and I have been working together for just about 19 years. And we both are totally different people. Mm-hmm. We've both grown. Like, that's the way life is supposed to be. Exactly. Like, man, you've changed a lot. But it's supposed to be a good thing, right? Mm-hmm. That's that's the goal. We have one minute um, Phil, thank you so much for joining us today. I just want to acknowledge the the impact you're having on people's lives. I think it's so cool. I think when you do life right, what happens is we evolve into this place where you are, um, where you, you're just like a servant leader. Um, you just kind of live to help people, to encourage, to support people. Um, there's nothing better in the world to me than that. And it's so fun to see other people that are like-minded that, that, that get to that point and are having impact, um, especially in an area that's so important. I mean, if you can extend people's life and quality of life, quality of life. That, is, that is changing the world. So I hope to do more with you here in the future. I think there's Absolutely. some things you can do to help our kids and um, help our parents. But uh, thank you so much for joining us. No Keep problem. up the great work. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. At Five Star Life, we are changing the face of culture through education and sports by changing the most important piece of a human being's life, their mindset. If you are interested in being a part of our journey, please visit fivestarlife.org for more information on volunteer and donation opportunities.